Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello and welcome back to Not Overthinking. It's been a long time. Tamil, how are you doing? Doing pretty well. We just had some guests over. This is actually the first time we're recording the podcast in person yeah. for bloody ages. First time we're recording the podcast, period, <laughs> in bloody ages. Why is that, Tamil? <laughs> Why is that? So we've had two weeks off, uh, if, you're a, if you're a regular listener. Um, I mean, we have actually seen each other, but both of the past weekends. Yeah. We were in Cornwall last weekend with some friends and like we, we took all the podcast gear and we'd planned to do it. We planned to like rope one of our friends into doing it as well. But I think, you know, it got to a certain point on the Saturday night or whatever, or the Sunday night. We hadn't done it yet. You know, it would have, I feel like it would have disrupted the evening for everyone. <laughs> and so we, it would have just been a bit of a like, so we didn't do it. And then the weekend before, I don't know, you did come home, like we definitely saw each other, but I can't remember why we didn't do it. Yeah, it's just like, I feel like since we stopped getting sponsors, the the sort of like, oh my God, we have to record a podcast this week was just not not that much of a thing. But I think I think it's fine, to be honest. I think like, we've got this as a solid, like most weekends we will do the podcast. But if there's something more interesting happening IRL, I think it's completely reasonable, given that this podcast isn't really a work thing for us to decide, you know what, let's prioritize real life interaction versus podcast interaction. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, certainly for me, the sponsors thing just wasn't really top of mind. It was, is that kind of what you were thinking when you decided to, when you decided to sit in front of your computer and record the podcast? Like, oh, we have to do it for the sponsors or something. Um, kind of, yeah. Really? It was like, we've got a sponsor thing this week. Either either we're doing a podcast or we're, or, or we're doing an in-between episode. Like, it's not an option to just not do it. Hmm. And I think post the sponsors, from for me, it, was, it then became an option to not do it. Right. But, yeah, here we are. Yeah, well, we're back. There's a new a new recording setup. Uh, we're in my room. We've hustled together a couple of microphones. Yeah, it's a bit janky. We need to some seatings. We need to sort this out like properly. Yeah, it took about half an hour of setting this up. But now that we've done it once, I think it's, it'll be pretty easy next time. Hmm. Um, all right, so I have a topic for today. You do? Yeah. Incredible. What are we talking about? Oh, actually, before we, before we get onto that, I had a great day yesterday. I recently um, I have recently fallen in love. With a girl, <laughs> <laughs> with rock and roll. <laughs> um, no, I just got like obsessed with a couple of Beatles songs this weekend, and and some non-Beatles. There's a song called "I'm a Believer," um, absolute banger. Nice. And so yesterday, do you want to play a rendition for us? People loved the last time you did it. I'll, I've I've played it. There's a rendition on YouTube. We'll just we'll link it in the show notes. No, but like genuinely, it would be, it would, it would be nice. Go on. It's it's a good start. Go on, table. All right, fine, sick. All right, grab the guitar. You got this. This is a very janky podcast it's recording setup. Precarious. Oh, hello. <laughs> precarious setup. Okay, this should be fine. Something like this, as long as it doesn't swing wildly. All right, that's as good as we'll get. <clears throat> oh, the old Capo One. The old Capo One. All right, go for it. Now, hopefully, the guitar isn't too loud, and you can still hear me. Uh, that probably needs to be significantly closer to you. Really? Most people record like around about here. If they're using one mic. On my setup, mate. Look, it's gonna it's gonna spin. All right, this is "I'm a Believer" by the Monkees. All right. I thought love was only true in 
fairy tales Meant for someone else but not for me Oh, love was out to get me That's the way it seemed Disappointment haunted all my dreams Then I saw her face Now I'm a believer not going well. <laughs> not a trace. <laughs> this is really not going well. Not a trace. Doubt in my mind. I'm in love. Ooh, I'm a believer. I couldn't leave her if I tried. Yeah, basically that. Nice. A bit rusty, as you That's can cool. see. Um, it's good that you're so, like, content to put out a like work in progress on the internet hey man what can i say it's very admirable just mate um so you fall in love because you discovered that song and that a few beatles songs and a few beatles songs great i was just playing a lot of guitar yesterday it was really good fun exciting um have you fallen in love recently um not quite i have gotten back on the uh, the old dating apps recently mm. so i've been trying to optimize my profile how's that uh, going I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much because then, you know, people are going to start to try to, try to cancel us. <laughs> uh, uh, making generalizations. Making generalizations around what makes a good dating profile. Mm. Uh, but no, it's going fine, I think. Uh, talking to a few people. Here's the thing, right? So here we go. let's say you're on something like Hinge and you, come, you, you comment on something about their profile. Mm. And then, they comment, and then you, you have a conversational thread about that thing. Yeah. And then... What do you do? <laughs> no, the thing is, like, everyone knows the drill. Like, yeah. no one's going to be like, oh, man, that was like a sudden change of topic. Or like, oh, man, there was a lot of the conversation. No, no, no. <laughs> but, but, but the question is, like, where, where does it go? Because, like, for example, I'm a big fan of cutting out, like, minimizing the text messaging chit-chat and mm-hmm. going straight for, a, okay, right, so should we grab a coffee? Right. Should we grab a Mackey D's drive through You know, that yeah. kind of vibe. Um, but I'm not sure if that's, like... It, it it feels very abrupt. I've ha- I've I've had like two people who've responded very well to the abrupt like let's grab a Mackey's drive through. Yeah. There was one though who was like, "Whoa, hang on, that this is way too soon. I don't know anything about you. Like, what what do you want from this app? That 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 kind of vibe." Mm. And so I don't know. I've been going with a how's how's your weekend been? It, it just feels a bit of a cop out. But then I speak to friends who do this sort of thing, and they're like, "Look, man, having a normal conversation on a dating app is totally fine. You don't have to be an entertainer, right? In every single message." yeah look i i agree with that like i think i i used to be of the view of like oh man like i don't like the texting just like straight to meeting up but i think i th- it's really not so bad just having like a conversation on a dating app you know it's not it's probably not going to be the most riveting thing in the world but i mean I, th- I think the point is to kind of get a sense for their vibe and their personality and show a bit of your vibe and your personality like why do why do you why are you so against the texting part of it I think I am against the text. Uh, I th- oh, here, here's my theory. Yeah, this, here you're gonna you're gonna make up some reason for why you're against the texting part. The real reason is I don't know. You're just like scared or something. It's it's kind of awkward. It's a bit uncomfortable, and so you, you know you're just like I don't know, scared of doing it wrong or something like that. Uh, I don't think it's that. All right, that goes to my theory. Yeah, I think it's actually a like I've I've been. I've been reading about this sort of stuff for a long time, right? <laughs> and so I very much drunk the Kool-Aid of text. texting is bad. Aim to meet up in real life as soon as possible. Look, no one's saying text them for months. Just a few days, mate. Like, <laughs> a few days. 
This is not a few days of like non-stop texting. <laughs> this is a few messages exchanged, you know, every day for a few days. Yep. And meet up. It's not that hard. Yeah. I mean, you're making it into a much bigger thing in your head for some reason it's not a big thing in my head it's just like when i when i'm having these text conversations i'm kind of feeling okay this is like objectively a boring conversation i don't like like i think i'm feeling the need to inject banter and like uh, quick perform in this text conversation which i really don't want to be having i'm just down for meeting people for coffee to be honest why is it so fundamentally different i think meeting someone in real life it's just generally fun. Like, I enjoy meeting up with random people yeah, in real de- life. I don't enjoy fun. chatting to random people on the internet. I think this is a massive cop-out. I mm. think you just... Mate, I'm doing it. I'm playing the game. <laughs> it's got to be done. I think I used to ho- I used to have your position, which is why I think it's stupid. Mm. Um, what changed? So I was speaking to another friend of mine. who's He's in his 30s and his, is, is on the dating app scene. Uh, and he was like, yeah, you've really got to change your bias around the, around the anti-text game thing. It's like actually a pretty reasonable way to get to know someone initially just to get to know the vibe man yeah i look i i think i've i've come around to it because i think it's just like fun to talk about nothing and you know you, you, as podcast listeners will know i'm all about talking about nothing yeah. and it's it's really about like talking talking about nothing while you know while just getting getting your vibe across and occasionally dropping in some uh some details about your life it's just a chat. Okay. So you enjoy that kind of thing. Look, again, it's not the most enthralling thing in the world. Okay. <laughs> I think it, I think it makes sense. And like if anything, I think if you meet someone completely cold, hmm. then you're going to sp- you know, you know that you're going to have to go through pretty much the same thing. Like it, if if uh if you've chatted a bit over text, it gives you just a warmer starting point for when you meet up in real life. It gives you some like, you know, shared inside jokes, some, you know, actual topics to talk about, you know, this kind of stuff. And so Yes, you could go straight to like meeting in real life where you're starting from zero or, you know, you're not going to meet in real life straight away. You know, it's scheduling is going to take a few days or something. Maybe the following week you guys will meet up or something. Just text in between and like it's, you know, it's just better for everyone. Yeah, fair play. I think also from a girl's point of view, I imagine they, they'd they want to do some like sense checking to make sure there's not a psycho on the other end, which I think is less of a concern if you're a guy. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've tried to, my female friends have been 50-50 about this. Some of them are very, like, th- that view, others are like, uh, like, if someone is a psycho, they'll pretend to not be a psycho through text, so you don't really know at the end of the day, so. Okay, but if, if, if 50% of women <laughs> are aware of the psychos, that seems like a decent portion to just, like, just have a normal text just conversation. Have, just have a conversation. I mean, I think, I think my real concern here with the text conversations is that, I think I worry that if the text conversation is just a normal, just a normal conversation, that that's somehow not good enough for this sort of arena. Let's see, it would be like, like for example, if if I imagine the thought of like going up to a pre girl in the nighttime in a club or something mm. and starting a conversation, it wouldn't be the sort of conversation I'm, I'm having on this dating app, which is like comment something about their about their profile, have a bit of back and forth. Oh, you know, what TV show are you watching right right now? right it it would be a bit it would be a theoretically be a lot higher energy like a lot more like banter entertaining there it would be a different kind of social vibe than yeah. a objectively boring kind of back and forth it it doesn't need to be boring like you can inject some banter into the back and forth mate even so even so <laughs> are you just like worried that okay if you match with a girl on a dating app yep there's probably like hundreds of other guys that have matched with yes. them and you're now, you're now competing on the textual arena <laughs> exactly. against these hundreds of other guys. Absolutely. 
And I'm worried that the oh, thing that I say, be like, how's your weekend been, is like, you know, the most standard question to, to ask in the slider. If, if, you know, what, what brings you to Hinge? It's probably heard that a zillion times before. I, I worry that I am not, quote, standing out. And I worry that, like, in, in, the, textual, in the textual game, <laughs> I am not, like, competing in, right, in, a, right. in a ground that I find, I find preferable. Whereas in, in real life is, like, a very different vibe to over textual game. Okay. Where if the vibe is not there in real life, then that's actually, like, a good thing. That means, great, we're not compatible one, with one another. Oh. If the vibe is not there by text, it's like, we could well be compatible with one another in real life. It's just that the vibe is not there by text and they've got a zillion other guys messaging them. Mm. that's my concern with a text game which is why i'm always like you know what minimize the text game let's try not to screw this up and just get them to <laughs> meet up for a coffee in real mm. life and then we'll and then the real game begins as it were mm. i see caveat not not considering dating a game it was a it was a metaphor <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's my worry with, with text game i my my real worry is that i am too boring over text wow and when i try and be banterous my worry then becomes that i am trying too hard uh, like I've, sh- I've shown, I've shown, shown sheens in my conversations. Like, look, man, you're trying too hard. You're trying too oh, hard really? to be funny. Oh, just, just be more normal. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> when I'm normal, I feel I, you know, the conversation feels boring, and I'm worried that it's just, just too boring. Gosh, uh, mate, it's a, it's a real, it's a real quagmire these days. <laughs> Dating in 2021. Um, like, I get what you mean. I think again, initially when I signed up to like dating apps, I thought it would be this kind of thing. Where it's like, oh, you know, you have to stand out or whatever. But I just, I just don't think it matters. And I, again, th- these things are these things are a two way street. Uh, it's not, it's not just about like one side trying to impress the other side or whatever. It's, I mean, c- certainly the way I approach it is like, I mean, if if there is something interesting that can be said about the profile or whatever, fine, good starting point. You know, take it from there. If there isn't, like. The fact that you've matched with them means that there is some level of interest. Mm. And if you're like, hey, how was your weekend? And they think, wow, what a loser. <laughs> he opens with this shit. <laughs> well, that's fine. Probably not a great fit. <laughs> yeah. No love lost. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just like, just chill out. <laughs> like, I think you can inject banter into mundane conversation. I think it is kind, it is kind of fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should. Um, I think it's less of a competition than you think. Hmm. Yeah, or or maybe it is, or maybe it is a competition. But thinking of it as being less of a competition is like, like, like either way, thinking of it as as, as less of a competition will be helpful rather than a hindrance potentially. But then I've got friends who do the, the the dating app thing professionally, and they are very much like it has to be high energy banter, like you know the quote, top 10% of the girls on the dating apps will be getting like 900 messages from guys a day. You literally do have to stand out in every single message that you send, every single 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 thing on your profile. Yeah, that's just like, I have heard this, yeah. (laughs) And so it's like these two conflicting, like obviously your method would be the ideal, right? You know, you're having a normal conversation. How was your weekend? This and that. In reality, you know, I was chatting to Shaz, founder of Mismatch the other day when he he came over, he came over my face, he was like, yeah, like these apps are basically run by women. Uh, there's like a two to one ratio of guys to girls on these apps. Mm. Um, if you look at the stats, the top X percent of girls will be getting like literally dozens, if not hundreds of messages each day. Mm. You know, <laughs> it is a competition and you can choose to opt out of that competition. But then, you know, speaking to another friend who's, who's into this stuff last night and he was saying that literally every single word on your profile picture or, or on, on your, on your hinge profile matters. And you have to really, really consider it, like what you're optimizing for. Yeah, like, your profile should be a banger. Like that's completely within your control. Mm. 
I don't know. I mean, tricky, man. I mean, I've only been doing the chatting on Hinge for about a week now, but I, once once I get some more data points, then I'll, I'll reassess, figure out how I feel about it. Yeah, or, that's fair. But I mean. right now, I think I'm broadly approaching it from a, as the dude, I have to take the lead in making this conversation entertaining and banter. And then as the dude, I also have to take the lead in being like, all right, so let's, fine, let's yeah, arrange a meetup. Fine. Absolutely. And this is, this is like not enjoyable because I'm aware of the dynamics of the competition. I'm aware that... I, I I worry about coming across as too boring through text. I worry about coming across as too standard through text. <laughs> I worry that if I am if I go too quickly to the you know let's meet up in real life, someone will screenshot it, send it to their friends, and be like, "Oh, Ali Abdul's a creep." He asked me for coffee after the yeah. Three, I'd three be worried messages. about that if I were you, mate. It's a real problem. <laughs> if I were you, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't do any of this. <laughs> I would not be on a dating app. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a friend who was like, "Yeah, man, mate, just like make the banter sexual from day one," and I was like. Okay, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> there is no world in which that is happening. <laughs> yeah, if I were you, I'd be very concerned about that stuff. Um, yeah, look, you don't need to... Uh, my, I'm just sharing my feelings on this. Yeah, no, I get it, I get it. Like, maybe maybe I am unawarely losing out by not trying to, like, have a super banterist opening line or whatever, but... <laughs> there's another concept that a friend of mine was talking about which is which is possibly outside the uh the overton window for this podcast Uh-oh. <laughs> he was his 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 theory on this was that um like uh, which is probably not not particularly controversial is that like different girls on this app are seeking different different things mm. you've got the generally older women seeking like a marriage partner and you've got the generally younger women seeking a hookup Mm. And the sorts of personalities that both demographics vibe with are very different. The um, He called them the beta seekers versus the alpha seekers. Like the beta seekers would be the ones who are looking for a kind of stable job, career, normal dude. Mm. This is the sort of person I could be in a long-term relationship. The alpha seekers tend to be the young party girls looking for kind of hookups, short-term casual things. Right. And he was saying that his 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 theory on this was that like, in both, in like whatever the context, you want to maybe try trying to be go down, <laughs> trying to you want to maybe try to go down the alpha route rather than the the beta route. Why? To use that terminology. I mean, what if, if you're not looking for a hookup or whatever? Then why would you go down that route? I think his theory on this was that um, even the girls looking for looking for marriage would still be more attracted to someone displaying quote traditionally alpha slash masculine traits. Therefore, if you amp up that aspect of your personality, then that, yeah look, again again that, with, with, with with the competition in mind that that, that's problem. fine but again i think i think the issue is really about your anxiety around sending the first message and having to be like you know a, a freaking stand-up comedian from from line one right like that's the issue okay like do, do you do you think it's possible to inject banter into a otherwise standard conversation no, sure you know from uh message three onwards yeah so you're really just worried about message one I'm not worried about message one in particular. I, I, it's it's not message one that I'm concerned about. Like message one is relatively easy to sort out because there's usually some kind of situational opener based on the based on the profile. Mm. The thing I'm worried about is just the whole meta game of oh, okay. the texting, texting with the competition in mind, with all of these other factors in mind. Mm. And it's just like it's it's not my idea of fun. And when I do it, I'm I'm sort of thinking of it as like, okay, this is a necessary evil uh, okay. to get to okay. the end goal, which is to meet up for coffee and actually see if we vibe in real life, which is the thing that matters. Got it. Um, but hey, if anyone has any thoughts, do leave a, a comment down on this video or uh, email us, com. Yeah, the competition thing is interesting. I'm trying to think why am I not concerned about that? Yeah, I don't know. I just, 
Is it that? Uh, yeah, I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. The competition. I think if you were try, if you were, I think if you actually cared about like playing this game optimally, you would be, you would be considering, you would consider the competition. I don't think you care particularly about playing the game optimally. Therefore, you're kind of like you, 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 you aren't looking to play competitively, as it were. <laughs> you're looking to play it as like you know, you know, Sunday league football, <laughs> and a five side with the mates. Whereas there are other people who use these sorts of apps <laughs> who will be doing the drills, be doing or opt- optimizing everything, doing the strength and conditioning to make sure everything is up to scratch, which is a different way of approaching the dating market. Where I think I think your stance towards it is fairly casual. For the record, my stance towards it is fairly casual as well. I'm just still mindful of the competition dynamic mm-hmm. at play here. And my theory on it is that look, if I'm going to do the dating app thing, I might as well do it properly and you know optimize the things that I can I can control. Mm-hmm. And the way that I come across and the persona that I play on text game, because we're all playing a persona at the end of the day, the persona that I play, figuring out like what what, what persona makes sense for this particular environment. Like Mm -hmm. my persona on YouTube is like, it's not my normal personality. It's my normal personality jacked up to like, you know, plus 30% Mm -hmm. because that's the thing that works on YouTube. If I was talking like this on a YouTube video, it wouldn't be particularly engaging, et cetera, et cetera. It's like we mold our personality to, to, to the social situation. And so that's something that I'm kind of mindful of on the dating apps while not really knowing what game is actually being played here <laughs> and just sort of basing it off of, oh, I've got a mate who got like 80, 88 matches on Hinge last week. So he must know what he's talking about. <laughs> Let's see what he reckons. No, I'm, I am all for like optimizing the things within your control. Like your profile should be a banger. There's no point in it not being a banger. But yeah, I guess I just, I just fundamentally don't think, I don't think that like the first three messages matter that much. I'm not talking about three messages here. I'm talking about like just broadly, the broadly game, the, the text game. But why but, do you think? Yeah. Why do you think you'll be worse than average at that, or, or like why do you think you will not be good at that? Like if you back yourself, IRL. No, no. no. So I, I, th- I, th- I think crucially, I don't. It's not that I back myself IRL because that is putting. That's a sort of I'm okay. You're. An, I'm. I'm not okay. You're okay. Dynamic where it's okay. like oh, I back myself to compete and and win their affection or whatever. Okay. Which is not how I think about it. IRL. Okay. Um, IRL. It's like literally, are we compatible? Okay. And the way I'm thinking of it is, do I get on with them as opposed to mm. I want them to get on with me? Okay. Whereas in text game, I feel that dynamic is different. Where if they've got a hundred guys messaging them wanting to meet up, and I'm the hundred first guy messaging them wanting to meet up. In a way, it is a sort of sales pitch to get to the <laughs> the coffee, where the dynamic now shifts to it being more of a let's see if we're compatible, let's see if we vibe. Got it. And that's yeah, the thing that I, I don't like about it because okay. yeah, obviously, I feel like in that in that context, as a guide, the deck is stacked against you, and yeah, that's sure. those sorts of games are just not not particularly fun to play. Hmm. I mean, how how does your strategy of trying to go straight to the coffee work? Does it go right? Um. So far, it's got a sixty-six percent success rate. Okay. Uh, no, not a success. Sixty-six out of a hundred. Exactly. No, actually, I, th- I think it's been about fifty-fifty. Two seem very were, were very keen on it. Um, one was very not keen on it. One didn't reply once I suggested the coffee thing. <laughs> and there's a a couple that haven't haven't gotten to the point of asking yet. Okay, fair. So. We'll see. All right. Yeah, we should we should touch base on this in a few weeks' time. Yeah, everyone says it's a numbers game, so I'd be intrigued to see how the numbers play out. Anyway, what is what was the thing you actually wanted to talk about? <laughs> um, so, so how I, long have we have we been talking about this for? It feels like ages. 
It's actually almost half an hour. The other annoying thing <laughs> about the dating app stuff, right? <laughs> well, while we're on this topic, is that uh, it's, it's just one of those things whereby it, it feels like there are so few reasonable generalizations that can be made. Like, especially in the, in the realm of profile design, where I've, I've taken to kind of doing a quick screen recording on my profile and saying this and sending it to like a handful of people, just be like mm. critique. Yeah, yeah. And they all say different things. Really? Um, some people are like, you, you know, you should flex the YouTube thing as like your very first image. Oh. Other people are like, absolutely not. You know, <laughs> that just signals that you're overcompensating for something. Don't flex it at all. Other yeah, people yeah. are like, yeah, flex the YouTube thing, but like do it as like image number five so that they scroll mm. through your profile to see you're a doctor and then, oh, whoa, you're a YouTuber as well. What the hell? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, some people are like, you know, uh, your, your photos are too professional and too staged and it looks too... It looks too well done, almost like it could be a fake profile. Other people are like, oh my God, I love the fact that these photos are like high resolution and stuff. It, you know, this is how a profile should be. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Damn, that's annoying. Yeah. There's no clear answers. <laughs> Although I did do an Instagram poll um, doing like an A-B test and the results were overwhelmingly, it, it was like 83-17. And I was like, okay, that's probably reasonable. Um, yeah, I think Instagram poll is the way forward. Like if you send it to a handful of friends, you're going to get like, conflicting views anyway, I, I do think profiles are pretty easily general i think they're generalizable oh yeah yeah like in terms of having the right vibe in the pictures and the right vibe in the prompts on if we're talking about hinge mm. i do think it's generalizable okay yeah i mean because you've looked at my profile and said okay this is a pretty solid profile i thought it was banger uh, yeah <laughs> well six other people have shown the profile to like critique 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 that's not good image number three I image mean, number two ask, you are okay did you ask, what are you asking these people are you asking them, like, give me critique on my profile? Because, yeah, you can always find some improvements that can be made to something, mm. but it doesn't mean it's not already really good or whatever. Yeah, I guess that's what, that's, that's my thing. I was like, please, <laughs> please critique my profile. Mm. It's usually my uh, my message to these people. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see how it goes. What was the thing you want to talk about? Or should we, mm. should we call it a day <laughs> after talking about, like... We, we can just briefly discuss this thing. So I've, I've started reading... A, I, I was recently gotten onto a chap called Alfie Cohen. Have I mentioned him on the podcast before? I don't think so. Okay, so you may remember Joey from the uh, who came on the podcast I don't know, a month ago, two months ago, something like that. Um, I was hanging out with Joey, and uh, when was this? This was like a few weeks ago. And, you know, at some point in the conversation, we started talking about kids. And, you know, I, I did, my, I did my, my bit. And it turned out that Joey had also, you know, thought about this a little bit. And Joey suggested, hey, you should you should look up this guy called Alfie Cohen. You'll really like his stuff. And it turns out that basically all of my all of my spiels, Alfie Cohen has already come up with them. Oh, no. No, no, that's great. That's great. I think like my my spiel about how why praise is problematic. He's he's got that one. The spiel about kids. He's got that one. Uh, The spiel about um, how competition is bad. He's got that one. Like all of these ideas. This, this guy has already, like, thought about this, written a bunch about it. He actually, he's a parent and used to be a teacher, so he has a lot of, like... Wait, he's actually got kids and he's talking about yeah, kids? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> Which is, like, the biggest cri- sort of criticism levied against me of, like, oh, shut the hell up, man. Like, I'll come back once you have some kids. <laughs> and so it's really validating. A, it's, like, really validating to see this. And B, I, I, I've kind of thought in the back of my mind that all, all of my various spiels all come from like the same root idea and i think the fact that alfie is also like you know gen- generated this the same spiels mm. I, I think it really just just does come from like one one core idea that sort of represents this worldview okay and what's that um 
which I, I, ha- I haven't managed to kind of distill it down into like one very pithy thing. But I think, I think part of it is, is like uh, just uh, thinking actively about what it means to be uh, like truly respectful of any other human being that you're dealing with. And then I think, um, I think from that, it very quickly, you know, that very quickly leads in, leads onto uh, the idea of intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. And the, these are all like tied up and like everything basically comes out of this thing. Like it, yeah, I remember when I first sort of came across the idea of like intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. I mean, it really kind of put into words this sort of vague concept that I had always sort of felt strongly about, but this was in, I don't know, 2013 or 2014 or something like that. Um, then like, I, I remember from that point, once I had the terminology, I'd like, like my entire worldview was through this lens basically. Um, and so that just, just that concept of intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, um, yeah, kind of changed how I thought about almost everything. And then like just thinking a bit actively about, you know, what would it mean to be respectful of the person in front of me? Um, okay. Yeah, so that was the first thing I wanted to mention. That I think all of my spiels just come from the same, you know, come from one core idea. Um, Can we interview Alfie on the podcast, mate? That'll be sick. That'll be cool. I haven't actually. So I'm, I'm, re- I've, I've listened. I'm, I've almost finished listening to an audiobook of one of his books. It's called Punishment by Rewards. What a title! Ooh, what a title! That's so good. Oh. That's <laughs> Punishment by Rewards. It's basically, it's basically about why. Um, I wonder how he came up with that. We should ask him about it when we interview. <laughs> why it's it's about why like uh, rewards and praise are problematic, um, and while this like positive reinforcement stuff is problematic, yeah. You know, all, all of this like all, all of these ideas that are peddled in schools and parenting, yeah, you know, just complete nonsense basically. And I've 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 long felt this, and it's just so good to see like a book about it where it's it's like fleshed out with you know studies with data and, and so on yeah. and actually we, reading the okay so that's one book i, I almost finished that one audio book he has another book called unconditional parenting which is you know it's on the face of it is a parenting book but i feel like it's just more of a general philosophy book really um which i'm reading on kindle right now and it's it is such a banger that i'm highlighting basically every paragraph nice but i'm having to stop myself and be like no dude chill out on the highlights bro yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's so many bangers in there um and like the, there's sort of, yeah, there's just links, links, links to all all the other crap that I'm interested in, like constructionism as an approach to learning. I think we've talked about this on the podcast. Um, you know, very, very, very strong links to, uh, you know, the sort of I'm okay, you're okay um, framework uh, you know, from transactional analysis. Like it's all, it's all just the same thing, man. It's, it's all just, it's all just one thing, and I, I can feel it coming together, but I, ha- I haven't quite like synthesized what that one thing is but i know i know i know without a shadow it's all, it's all just one core idea uh anyway unconditional parenting is the thing i want to talk about i think everyone should read this book whether you're a parent or not or whether you want to be, you know, aspire to be a parent or not like i think it's gonna get on audible right now i think it'll give anyone like a ton of insight into their own childhood their own psyche their own upbringing yeah just like it just touches on everything like yeah i i think pe- parenting as a topic is something i've been interested in because I feel like things like parenting and things like education, it's just relevant for everyone. Like, it's not actually about parenting. It's not actually about school. It's like, have you been a kid? Or rather, yeah, have you been a kid? Yes. Have you, like, gone to some kind of school? Yes. Like, learning about these things and reading about these topics and thinking about them, I think will just kind of help you understand yourself uh, a lot more. And then, yeah, it just touches on, like, 
just core human condition stuff like motivation and satisfaction or, or you know just basically everything so i think like re- reading about like p- parenting and like education sound like niche topics like oh well i, I don't want to be a teacher or a educationist or whatever like why would i read about education or like i haven't got kids why would i read like i think they just like touch on absolutely everything and so i would uh yeah i would advocate for normal people to read about parenting and read about education um anyway let's read out some i'll, I'll read out some highlights from uncontrolled uh, unconditional parenting amazing i'm only like a quarter of the way through if that ah yes okay actually yeah, yeah. so when, when i talk to people about um some ideas related to kids um uh, you know obviously like parenting is a big part of like how kids are treated and the th- one thing that people often say particularly parents is that okay so uh, you know th- there's this idea that i've been peddling around like oh you shouldn't value human beings based on their achievements or external attributes and things like that right yep. this kind of stuff and in discussions with parents about this kind of stuff parents will always go but i don't value my child based on that stuff i love my child unconditionally and um at that point like I've, i find it difficult to progress in these discussions because like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disagree with them about whether they love their child unconditionally but also i have i've 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 felt like that that doesn't kind of that's not the get that's not, not actually a get out of jail free card hmm. and one of the sort of core points that alfie makes in uh, at the start of this book is that yes you know most parents love their children unconditionally but that's actually irrelevant the relevant thing is what is the child's perception of how you love them and you know if you while you may love your child unconditionally if what the child is seeing is oh you know mommy's mommy's you know noticeably happier when i do well on the test or like hmm mommy like shouted at me or, uh, you know because i did this bad thing um and didn't read me a bedtime story tonight or whatever you know like it, it is it is largely irrelevant whether you love them unconditionally it's about what signals are they getting about whether your love is conditional or unconditional mm. and um what he's basically saying and what i totally agree with is that most of the signals we send kids is that uh sort of them receiving love is contingent on doing the right things and, mm. and all this kind of stuff and so i think that's just like a really good point um because yeah pre- previously like the whole um parents love their kids un- unconditionally thing i found that hard to move past even though i found it unconvincing uh yeah, I was thinking about this price thing earlier today. So we, we were hanging out with some people who've, who've got a kid. Um, and there was a, a point in the conversation where the dad said, I was very proud of my son earlier today because someone asked a question about like something about how planes take off. And he gave a really good explanation. He explained something about the headwinds and this and that. And I was like, wow, where'd you learn that? I don't think I've ever taught you. And it turns out he learned it from some cartoon that he saw on Netflix. So yeah, it was great that he, he kind of knew this, this cool thing. And I was thinking, hmm, that's very reasonable. But also, <laughs> it's like I feel like I don't, un- I don't yet have a a full, a fully convincing model of why praise is problematic. Uh, read, read punishment by rewards. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read unconditional parenting first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've uh, th- that'll be my audible listen to on the, on the drive home tonight. But yeah, because it's just too easy to like if you if you accept the premise of praising someone for then then you're sort of exp- ex- ex- you're also ex- you're sort of accepting the premise of praising someone for something that they have done rather than for simply being mm. and the things that they have done that are then praiseworthy automatically are the doing well in a test or getting a question right or knowing how airplanes fly or doing something interesting doing something noteworthy or playing a song particularly well etc etc which leads to this thing of 
Daddy only loves me when I get questions about aeroplanes, right? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> this so is a real problem. Pray, What's going on there? <laughs> look, praise is ultimately a means of control. That's what needs to be understood. Ooh. Praise is a means of control. And like, yeah, look, we don't have to read it. We have highlights from Unconditional Parenting. But essentially, right, like... So if, for example, Sheen does something particularly well at work, and I'm like, oh, well done, Sheen, that's really cool. She would be expecting that, and she would be annoyed yes. if I don't say that. What's going on there? Yeah, look, I think it's it's tricky because, like, of, of like social expectations around things, around, mm. like, oh, you're supposed to congratulate someone. Yeah, exactly. Kind of stuff. Like, a friend of mine recently it won, like, tricky. a business award for some book, and he was he was intrigued that some of his friends praised him for it and some of them didn't. Mm. And I was thinking, I kept thinking, hmm, praise. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it to him because it's just weird. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the solution that Alfie presents is not to praise the individual, um, but instead to, you know, it, it's, it's fine to provide. Inf- okay. So in, in the context of like education, right. You know, it is useful for, for people to understand their own performance. And so you can, you can give information about performance, mm. you know, um, I don't know if we, we've talked about this on the podcast, but we talked about this a lot in uh, November last year with, um, the gang when we were in the Dominican Republic. And one thing we kind of arrived at was that, okay, I say we, I think, I think they all still disagree with me on this. <laughs> one thing, one thing, one thing I, you thought that they disagreed with was, <laughs> one thing, yeah, I thought that I had, uh, which <laughs> no one else will have with, was that, okay, praise is problematic, but some things in life are group projects and in a group project it is fine to give someone information about their performance, basically. Hmm. Um, and I think Alfie, Alfie kind of, uh, espouses the same thing around like, you know, it's absolutely fine to, to give children information about um, their performance on something without then like turning it into praising the individual or turning it into any kind of competition between students, um, things like this. Um, yeah. So this is, this is a little bit randy because there's like, I haven't like fully sat down and synthesized all of this stuff. And, and like there's these two books with different, some similar ideas and, and different ideas. The, the, there's one core idea, which I do want to call out from unconditional parenting um, and, and, you know, punishment by rewards also talks about this, which is that whether you, whether you're thinking actively about it or not, the actions that you do um, to other people to, you know, whether that's like employees in a company, whether it's uh, your kids, whether it's students in a school, the actions that you do reveal an underlying worldview about how people work and wh- whether or not you spend any time actively thinking about it, there are assumptions about how people work that you are making when you are doing certain actions. So when, when you praise someone, when you punish someone, when you give someone a performance-based bonus at work, or all of these things, underlying all of these things are assumptions about the human condition, about how humans work. Okay. And most people have, are not thinking actively about these things, but that does not mean that these things are not there. And the core assumption behind most of these things is um, an idea called behaviorism. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where have I heard that? Oh, hang on. Yeah, let's not mention that. Uh, so uh, let me just get up what this behaviorism thing is. I also have to leave in about three minutes. I feel like this behaviorism stuff deserves a whole episode, if not more. Okay, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep it brief. Um, basically, the, the idea of behaviorism mostly comes from it comes from a chap named Skinner and it mostly comes from experiments with animals where you get animals to change their behavior by altering, uh, you know, what you do to them or whatever. And you can create these incentives for the mouse to keep pressing a button or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and I think the current zeitgeist un- 
uncritically accepts the tenets of behaviorism and applies them to human beings where the focus is entirely on like the outward behavior. Um, and a lot of the things that we do, uh, you know, to kids and, and other people like praise, punishment, reward, all, all of this kind of stuff, the way we interact with people, um, it's, it's really focused on uh, changing their external behavior without recognizing that there is some internal state inside of them that is also being affected. And so, you know, praise, you know, might, might as a, the first order effect of praise might be that, oh, this person like feels good. But the second order effect of praise is that this person may conclude that, oh, my parents only like me if I do well mm. in school yeah. or my friends will only be friends with me if I'm like cool or whatever. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of the stuff around parenting, you know, punishing kids or whatever, or like giving them timeouts or like, uh, you know, paying them to do housework, whatever. Yes, the, the first order effects are that you get the desired behavior. They will go to bed on time. They will do their homework, blah, blah, blah. The second order effects are, you know, you know, fairly, fairly bad <laughs> um, that can result from these things. Uh, and so this idea of behaviorism is something that he's very, very much against when it comes to dealing with human beings. And a lot of the way that we treat other people, a lot of the way we think about organizations, whether that's companies, whether that's schools, whether that's a household, is like very behaviorist around, okay, let's provide some incentive structure to like control this person's behavior into what we want. Mm. And the and, and the thing that he, that he mentioned is really important is if you, if you ask a parent, like, what do you want for your child? They're going to say, you know, I want my child to be a, a, a sort of a happy, uh, self-determining, independent person uh, in, in the long term. And and if you keep that if you keep that goal in mind like that that is actually everyone's goal. And if you then like evaluate your actions against that goal, like okay, why did I why did I shout at my kid or like you know why did I give them this punishment or whatever? If you actually think about do do my actions line up with this goal that I care about? You know broadly they you know, the the mainstream kind of stuff that we do to kids broadly does not line up with the goal uh, that we actually have when it comes to them. And, and so one thing that Alfie <clears throat> really rec recommends is like keeping the goal in mind and thinking, actually, you know, d does this actually help me accomplish this goal? And uh, most of the time the answer is no, it doesn't. And it should be rethought. Um, maybe I'll just end with one, one highlight. I'll try and find like an absolute banger. Oh yeah, this is so funny. <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think this example really highlights the sort of second order effects. All right, I'll just read out a bit. Most of us, I'm convinced, do indeed want our children to think for themselves, to be assertive and morally courageous when they're with their friends. You know, we want them to like you know, stand up against their friends. <laughs> we hope they'll stand up to bullies and resist peer pressure, particularly when sex and drugs are involved. But if it's important to us that kids not be victims of others' ideas, we have to educate them to think for themselves about all ideas, inclu including those of adults. I think, you know, broadly the message that kids get is that like, you know, ideas from adults should be uh, uncritically accepted and then you should resist peer pressure <laughs> from like from your snotty mates <laughs> at school or whatever right mm. um, <clears throat> or to put it the other way around if we place a premium on obedience at home we may end up producing kids who go along with what they're told to do by people outside the home too author barbara coloroso remarks that she's often heard parents of teenagers complain he was such a good kid so well behaved so well mannered so well dressed now look at him to this she replies from the time he was young, he dressed the way you told him to dress. He acted the way you told him to act. He said the things you told him to say. He's been listening to someone, somebody else tell him what to do. He hasn't changed. He's still listening to somebody else tell him what to do. The problem is, it isn't you anymore. It's his peers. Uh, the more we ponder, uh, this is Alfie, back to Alfie, the more we ponder our long-term goals for our kids, the more complicated things become. Um, 
any goal might prove to be objectionable if we consider it in isolation. Uh, few qualities are so important that we're willing to sacrifice them, uh, willing to sacrifice everything else to achieve them. Maybe it's wiser to help children strike a balance between opposing pairs of qualities so that they can grow up to be self-reliant, but also caring or confident, yet still willing to acknowledge the limitations. Uh, likewise, some parents may insist that what matters most to them is helping their children to set and meet their own goals. If that makes sense to us, then we have to be prepared for the possibility that they'll make choices and embrace values that aren't the same as ours. Um, anyway, just you know, second order effects. Um, not not thinking about just the external behavior. Um, yeah, we'll do a bunch of proper episodes on all of these things uh, in future. Sweet, and I will start listening to unconditional parenting. I don't know if there's an audiobook for unconditional parenting. There is. I've just got it. Okay, great. Yeah, it is. It is honestly such a banger. Like, if you like this podcast, just buy the book, man. Just like, it's so good. All right, and you'll send Alfie an email and be like, "Hey, Alfie." Yeah, I'll invite Alfie on the pod. We love your stuff. Um, great. You want to read, read review and call it a day? Yeah, go for it. You doing it, mate? Yes. Oh, excitingly, we have climbed fifteen places in the Apple Podcast Society and Culture Rankings in China. Yes. In the last week, so we are now ranked sixty-eight. But we have dropped ninety-two places in Italy. And we have dropped 36 places in Saudi Arabia for society and culture. Wow. Um, all right. We have a, a review from Adam Kiruak via Apple Podcast from the USNA. If, five-star review, if for no other reason, listen to these two because they radiate intellect into our ears. I've learned so much and gained so much wisdom. I'm proud to be a listener of Not Overthinking. Thank you for that review. That was a nice review. That is a very nice review. How do you feel about that? Is that problematic? I'm not a fan. We'll talk about the concept of intellect some other time. Yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a good blog post that I want to... I want to float on the pod. But otherwise, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. All right. Good stuff. All right, how does this shit work? So I stop here. Yeah, I stop there. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Apple Podcasts website if you're not using an iPhone. There's a link in the show notes. If you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics, we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum, question, or just anything that we could discuss. Yeah, if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion, email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. If you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly, that's fine as well. Tweet or DM us at nOverthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.